great to have you here. Welcome to the podcast. With me and my guests from around the world. Welcome to the Simon Filer podcast. Welcome to this podcast. Let's get into it, shall we? On the Simon Filer podcast. I am very privileged today. Not only have I just wound up recording Dr. Malcolm Linsell's first audio book, but to be chatting with the good doctor in my podcast today. Dr. Malcolm Linsell is Australia's leading plastic surgery surgeon. Dr. Linsell has a Bachelor of Science Medicine and Surgery and is a member of FRAX, the Fellow of the Royal Australasian College of Surgeons. He's been practicing for over 30 years correcting deformity, rejuvenation and augmentation. Dr. Linsell's patients speak incredibly highly of him and this is reflected in his first audio book, I Love My Kids But I Want My Body Back, real life stories of the mothers who have had Dr. Linsell work on them. Welcome, Dr. Linsell, and thank you for choosing Brisbane Audiobook Production for your debut audiobook. Oh, thank you, Simone. It's been a pleasure. It really is. Yeah, it's been wonderful listening to your story. How did you enjoy narrating it? Oh, I loved it. Um, I've actually always wanted to do an audiobook, and this is the first time I have done it, and I love it. You want to come back? You I do want to enough. come back, yes. <laughs> Excellent to hear. Have you got any tips that you think other authors that might want to consider doing their own? I found it easy because I've written about uh, written about my patients. And so as I was actually reading their stories, I could actually picture them. And I was had them in my mind as I was reading it. And so it seemed to uh, sort of coming alive to me. And I, I hope it comes alive to the audience. Yeah, I'm sure it will. It certainly did for me. So we'll go back a little bit with you. How and why did you decide to become a plastic surgeon? Oh, how long have we got, someone? Um, <laughs> Make it brief. Not as long <laughs> as the book. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, um, when I was six years old, I decided I wanted to be a doctor. Now, I don't actually know how that happened. I think I went to a GP to get an injection. So I must have been hurt, but I still came away saying, well, that's what I want to do. Then... When I was a toddler, so 12 months old, I crawled up a stove and put both hands on the hot plate and I burnt the palm of both of my hands. Mm. And I was in country Victoria at the time, so there wasn't really much in the way of medical assistance. And so my hand just eventually healed with a thick scar tissue, particularly on my right hand. Now, as a toddler... That's not such an issue. But when I became 13, I was going through puberty. So I was getting bigger, but the scar on my hand wasn't because scar tissue doesn't stretch. And so what was happening is that my right hand, the fingers of my right hand was being pulled together. I needed an operation and that was actually done by a plastic surgeon. And he did what's called a release of a burn scar contracture and he put a graft on the palm of my hand. Now, I was fascinated. I remember being in the operating theatre just looking up and thinking, oh, this is fantastic. And then I went off to sleep. And then a couple of weeks later, I went back to his rooms and he took my stitches out. And after that, I was waiting outside, waiting for dad to pick me up. And then this surgeon drove out of his house 
in a Jaguar and then drove up the street. And I, at 13, said, I'm going to be like that man. And I decided I was going to be a plastic surgeon. And would you believe, 20 years later, he was one of my examiners and he failed me. <laughs> he, he didn't know that I'd been one of his patients 20 years previously. No. But uh, um, we've subsequently laughed about that because I did eventually pass. <laughs> but uh, we've subsequently had, uh, yeah, had a few funny times over that. Wow, that is a very cool story. Congratulations. Thank you. What an amazing feat. Like that's a childhood dream and <laughs> to conquer to conquer that through your adolescence, you know, that must have been really really hard. Yeah, it's interesting because it gives me some feeling about uh how people um are embarrassed of some parts of their body. Mm. Um because I would never uh, ask for change using my right hand. I would not put my right hand out. Wow. I'd always use my left hand because I was really self-conscious of the scar on my hand because it was different to other people. Mm. And that has given me an enormous understanding of how people feel about aspects of their body. And it's also why I feel so excited to be able to change things and allow people to actually know that they're back to normal. That's so cool that you're on the same level of understanding. Mm. So now you're all grown up and you've been <laughs> practicing for over 30 years. Um, what sort of plastic surgery do you do you specialize in? It's a mixture of cosmetic and reconstructive. I work in Melbourne, Sydney, Cairns and Rockhampton. So I travel a heck of a lot. And particularly in Queensland, I see and operate on a lot of skin cancer patients, particularly in Rockhampton and Cairns. Mm. And most of my other work is cosmetic procedures, so particularly faces, breasts and tummies. And, uh, and all of those I, I love doing for numbers of reasons. The skin cancer patients tend to keep coming back, so I tend to develop relationships, longer-term relationships with them. Whereas the uh, cosmetic patients, they're not usually repeat customers. It's usually a one-off, but I still enjoy, you know, doing that as well. Mm. Sometimes, I mean, I've just been through your audio book and I can understand it completely different, but the kind of surgery cosmetic is sometimes considered a very vain thing to do. So what, what are your thoughts on this? Well, I think vanity is where people actually compare themselves to others and say, I'm better than you, or I want to be better than you. That's not the case for most of the women that I see, because most women are actually wanting to feel normal again. Mm. They feel that they've got a part of their body that they hate or dislike. And if they can have that corrected, they just want to be normal and to fit in. And for most women, that's, they want to be able to wear the clothes that they want to be able to wear. And, you know, particularly after pregnancy, often women are wearing baggy clothes in order to try and cover up the things that they don't like about their body. And they just like to be able to wear tighter fitting clothes, you know, backless, strapless dresses, go without a bra if they want to. Yeah. All of those things which are normal things, um, many of these women don't feel that they can do. Mm. Why do you think it's becoming more popular now? There are so many reasons by that, and that would be a good reason to listen to the book. Yes. Um, but uh, I think social media has had a lot to do with that, and particularly the impact of 
celebrities or influencers on um, how uh, they are being perceived. And there's always a risk in that because celebrities have the very best photographers. They have the very best makeup artists. The lighting is right. And not always are how celebrities and influencers appear is that actually real. Mm. And that's a that's a worry to worry to me because I I think people should be real and uh, and that's why the stories in the book are about ten real women who've mm. undergone these procedures. Yeah, it's really tricky. The teenagers are seeing all of oh, all yeah. of that all over Instagram, and you know some of the um, filters that they've got are unbelievable. Well, yes, I tell a story in the book of a girl who had just had some filler put in her lips. And the uh, injector took a photograph of her and she said, no, that's not me. And, uh, and then she, you know, grabbed hold of the phone, put it up at a different angle, took a photograph, you know, used a filter. And then she proudly said, this is me. Yeah. And, and you go, my gosh, that's, uh, you know, it's, it's not real. Yeah, we're all shaking our heads, kids. <laughs> it's not real. It's fake. That's what you call fake because what you do is you know, obviously making women feel normal again, like you said before. What sort of plastic surgery or cosmetic surgery do you find is the most popular amongst mums? It's still breast augmentation um, for, for a number of reasons. And, and that's usually because, uh, you know, after two or three kids, the, uh, you know, the breasts are often deflated and they tend to droop. So women want to have um, their breasts back to how they used to be. The, the, and the other thing is tummy, because pregnancy ravages a body. You know, after one child, it can sort of come back to how it was. But after two or more children, particularly the muscle that runs down the front of the tummy, that's been split apart to make yeah. room for the growing baby, which means that even after birth, the tummy is always weak. And so a woman tends to have a bulge in her tummy. Mm. And often she said, oh, you know, how far along are you mm. when she, you know, she's not she's pregnant not. at all. Women hate that. Women try not to ask that question. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I actually know how that feels. I've had twins and that happened to me. It splits, but yes. it obviously splits, you know, pretty much very regularly, does it? With it well, pregnancies. it's got to. It's got to because... Um, you know, when a woman has a flat stomach, once she the baby's growing inside, the, the muscle has to split apart in order to make room for the growing baby. You were mentioning in your book as well about, you know, people, women that get inheritance sometimes tend to opt to maybe fix their body that they've been living with unhappily for many years after they have a child. How, how often does this happen? I found it's becoming a little more common now. Um because particularly if a, if a woman doesn't have a great deal of money and feels that cosmetic surgery is out of her reach, and then if there's a small inheritance, she will tend to think, oh, I think mum or dad would actually be okay with this. And that gives her the justification and uh, allows her to come in, if you like, and explore the possibility. And I think that's a great thing. Because I actually do think that parents want their children to be happy. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. What would your suggestions be to a person, in particular mums, um, who's feeling guilty about making that decision? They want to do it. They've got the money. They just think, you know, like, really, am I going to spend it on myself and not spend it on, 
you know, the important things that I should be spending it on. <laughs> and that's, that's so difficult because every mother goes through that. You know, I say in the book, it takes a lot of courage for a woman to actually even make a call to make an appointment to see a plastic surgeon because there's so much going on in her mind about what other people will think. Shall I be spending this money on myself? How selfish am I to be doing that? Because I could be spending it on the mortgage or it could be uh, buying a new car or a new motorbike for my partner. <laughs> Whereas women have tended to put themselves last. This is for the first time perhaps in her life. She's actually considering putting herself first. And so there's an enormous amount of guilt that she goes through just to make the decision to make an appointment. I'm glad that it's becoming more prevalent that women should, and in particular mothers, should really start thinking about themselves. It's so easy to think about the family and the kids and the work and, and put yourself last. And I think that in 2020, apart from the whole COVID thing's really bad, but I think it's a, you know, to be able to boost your own confidence doing this is a good thing. There used to be the stigma that it's you're a fake person if you're going to get plastic surgery. Do you know what I mean? Oh, totally. This has now become more socially acceptable. Yeah. And, and what I find that when a woman actually gets back the body that she used to have or the body that she wants, that increase in confidence makes such a difference in her life. It also, that radiates out to those around her. So... It actually impacts her children, not because she's saying, well, I'm like this because I've had cosmetic surgery, but her kids can notice there's something different about mum. She's more, more confident. And her husband will also get the benefit because when she feels more confident, she feels more sexy and he is usually very happy about that. <laughs> he wins. <laughs> On that, so how do, how do most of the husbands feel of, of the patients that you've seen about their wives um, having surgery? For some, and this is not that many, but for some, they're a little worried because they're worried about if their wife or partner might be wanting to get surgery to get herself fixed up and then go off with somebody else. <laughs> so that is some people feel that. But most guys I've found, and I really admire them because they essentially say, I love you as you are. You do not need to change. But if you want to, I will be supportive of you. And I really admire the man who comes in with his wife or partner to the consultation and he says nothing mm. unless asked by his partner for a comment. So that's really smart of him. But it's, uh, you know, it just shows a lot of love for his partner in being there to support her. Do you hear many stories where the husband doesn't want his wife to feel good about herself uh, or partner? Yes, and that's usually a very, very controlling uh, husband who is like that because, gosh, in a real loving relationship, why wouldn't you want your partner to mm. be actually at their best? So, yes, that's, that's true, and there's usually relationship issues going on in those instances. For sure. Is the success rate better than it used to be in the olden days when you used to have your boobs done or your tummy tucked? Um, I think, I'm not sure about success rate, but I think it's an easier process nowadays because there's been so many advances in anaesthetic techniques. It means that women can often go home the same day after surgery, which 
you know, when I first started practice 30 years ago, that just wasn't the case. Mm. Women would be in hospital for three, five days after a tummy tuck. But nowadays, it's done as a day procedure. Wow. There's no drains, all dissolving stitches. Women shower the next day. And yeah, it's sore, but they're able to go home and recover in the comfort of their own home, particularly if they've arranged for someone to look after the children. And, uh, you know, sometimes the husband or partner is not the best person to do that. And so they, you know, put things in place to make it easier for them to recover. Well, the stories of the women in your book that you've operated on are many and varied. They come from all different walks of life and, and reasons why they've decided to come and see you and have surgery. That must be such an empowering feeling to have the feedback that you have from the women that you've written about and have written for you in your book. You know, how does that make you feel inside oh. when you realise that you've made someone's life so amazing? Well, you know, being, um, you know, making a difference in a person's life, is that's at the core of my being. That, that's what I'd love to do. And so when I hear that, I'm just so grateful and humbled that I've been given the skill to be able to make a difference in this way. So I just feel that I'm incredibly grateful to for the gifts that I've been given and for the surgical skills that have been passed down over many years in order to be able to do what I do. Well, you're very inspirational. Your book is absolutely inspirational for anybody considering plastic surgery, cosmetic surgery. I highly recommend you check out Dr. Linsell's book, I love my kids, but I want my body back because that will give you some different references about different reasons why different people have done it. Dr. Linsell, why do you, or why would you encourage people to come and see you personally to have cosmetic surgery? Um, well, I, <laughs> that's I'd a love big question. To, I'd love to see people because I will listen, and I think that's a that's a a big thing, and uh, and maybe not every uh, surgeon has the ability to actually listen to their patient, but I really want to know what a woman's ideal outcome is. So I, I will draw her out, and she might come in and say, "Oh yeah, I'm here for a tummy tuck," but I I want to hear about um, what it is that she wants. What's the ideal outcome? What sort of clothes doesn't she wear now, but wants to be able to wear? And so the more I can draw that out from her, the more I know what exactly it is that I can give her. Because I, I want to customize my procedures to a, a particular woman. It's not a, this is not a cookie cutter approach. It's about how do I give you personally the very best result that I possibly can. And if I don't think I can, I will actually say so and find someone who I think can give her a better result than I can. But as a general rule, it's about really focusing on the woman and giving her the exact result that she wants. That sounds sensational. And so anybody that does want to contact you, where can they find you? Uh, they can find me on my website. So it's www.drmalcolmlinsell.com. Uh, they can contact me personally by email through the website. And once you become a patient, you get my mobile number and I am always, always available because I travel so much in three different states of Australia. Every woman needs to know that I don't abandon them, that I'm always available. So everybody gets my mobile number. Well, I have loved working with you. 
one thing I've got to say about you personally is that you're so calm. <laughs> I was thinking that this morning when I was I was busy getting my three kids off to school, thinking I'm like running around like a chook without its head. And then I thought about Dr. Malcolm Linsell and thought, he's so calm. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been really joyous working with you. I've loved listening to your story and your book is sensational. And I highly recommend anyone that's listening to go out and have a listen to the audio book and wish you all the best of success for your future and for all your clients. Um, I'm sure they're just going to love what you do. Thank you, Simone. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. And my guests from around the world. Thank you for being a part of this show. The Simone Filer Podcast. Catch you next time. It's a wrap. <laughs>